We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Today's episode of the Bronx Pinstripe Show is brought to you by Robinhood. Sign up at bronx.robinhood.com for a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint. We're also brought to you by SeatGeek. Download their app and use code BRONX for $10 off your first purchase. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 312. Scott, it's been a week since you and I recorded together, but doesn't it feel like it's been a month with everything that's been going on the last week? There has been a lot going on this this past week as far as Yankees with all the you know the roster changes because obviously we're getting we're getting a real look at what the um, opening day is going to look like the opening day roster and then yes we we launch another podcast <laughs> with JJ and Keith George's box which I'm really excited for and uh, they had an awesome start and then also these chapters have been blowing up and I'm really excited about that. Um, we'll get into that quickly with the housekeeping, but there's uh, there's just a lot of a lot of them popping up and actually starting events now. So I'm I'm really really getting excited for this whole season. I, yeah, I was I was alluding to the all the Bronx pinstripe stuff. Whatever's happening with the Yankees, that's second <laughs> that's secondary. Who cares about that shit? The Yankees. Why are we even talking about them? <laughs> oh, this is a Yankees podcast. If you forgot. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, like Scott said, we, it's been a busy week and we kind of kicked it off at spring training. That was uh, we had been teasing it for a few weeks, but spring, like spring training happened last weekend and then it just feel like the snowball started rolling downhill and George's box did the intro episode and the first episode, which were on our feeds. Hopefully you guys listened to it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys get the vibe, the difference of vibes between the two shows and why I think they're going to complement each other nicely. Um, and not just be an overlap and a repetitive thing. Because I really do think what you and I bring to the table and what JJ and Keith bring to the table and will be bringing to the table every Wednesday this season, I think it's the perfect fit. It's like like I said on an intro last week, it's it's two sides of a coin. I mean, no doubt. There's there's really not going to be a ton of overlap, honestly. like They're, they're just very different in the way that they're, they're uh, constructing their show. So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really good. They'll they'll be on their own feed this week. So um, for those of you who listen to it on our feed, you know appreciate uh, appreciate you listening to it. It was a way for us to kind of introduce them to uh, the the audience and, and to so you know where they are. But um, they will be on their own separate feed. That was only for the first two episodes, and that will start uh, like Andrew just said next 
this one this coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. And last week, last Thursday, I spoke to Neil Salons of the Tampa Rays Radio to preview that uh, team for the season. Hopefully, you guys listen to that. Scott, you talked to old friend Chad Jennings uh, about the Red Sox and unfortunately mm-hmm. that they won a friggin' World Series. So that came out on Friday. Coming out tomorrow on Tuesday will be a Blue Jays preview, and then Wednesday will be an Orioles preview, and then it's friggin' opening day, if you can believe it or not. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, I, I can't believe... Well, first of all, it's just, it just feels so early because it's still March, and, and we're doing it, um, you know, obviously starting the season, or have already started the season, really, on the other side of the world, but the Yankees started on Thursday. It just, it's, it's, uh, it's jumped up on us. But you know what? I'm I'm good because spring training has been like, you know, just like on cruise control, it seems like for the past couple of weeks. Well, doesn't really. it feel like every spring training the last week, that's when the injury bug hits and everything, all the yes. shit hits the fan? Like, yeah. have we not learned now that like spring training is one week too long and we no longer need it? Just shut it down, bubble wrap everything, send it up to the Bronx and we'll see you on March 28th. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing, too, when they start bringing these games up. I mean, today, today Sunday, we're recording. It was the last game in Florida for the Yankees, and they, then they start moving up north. Um, but you know what? I, I'm glad the, the game that everybody was kind of freaking, not freaking out because everybody expected it, but Greg Bird was out of the lineup. We're well, that's like, oh, just, here we go. That's just good fun for everybody on social media. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's just boon trolling everybody. But the fact that they held him out, I'm like, that's a, you should do that. You should probably do that. Yeah. That's a good idea, Boone. Way to, way to know your guys. Don't let him play. I mean, if you're going to be careful with one guy, be careful with Greg Bird, who I'm no longer even saying made of glass. I think he's made of wet paper. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see if he can actually uh, stay relatively healthy. But yeah, um, we're here, and uh, we have a lot going on this <laughs> week, too. Here. That's it. We're here. We're showing up. That's it. We're here. Uh, yeah, like you said, the, the chapters, though, a lot of stuff going on there, too. Yeah, let me... Uh, so the chapters, the, the Bronx, the, the BP crew chapters have been um, going off. We've gotten captains now in over 10 places, um, and we now have uh, events that are set in stone, ready to go, that are planned, and you can actually find them if you go to our uh, Facebook page, Bronx Pinstripes, and then also we have a separate group that's called BP Crew, so you can you can talk to everybody there, see all the events that are going on. Um, we just actually got one going in Austin today, Austin, Texas. Uh, we have one in Minnesota. Uh, the two guys are, are up there have already planned it. They met together and, and got some things going. It's really cool. You can check. I think we uh, actually posted that on our Instagram page as well. Um, and then the Philly chapter is also starting, uh, and they already have an event planned. And then I know a bunch of people that I've already been talking about, we're not really calling it an event, are going to the game um, in Baltimore uh, coming up too. So if you're going to the, the road games in Baltimore, let us know, and we'll, we'll hook you up in, uh, with the people that are going, because I know they're going to meet up beforehand and uh, get some drinks, and some of them are even just going to get standing room only and just try to find some good seats, because it's Baltimore, and that's, you can do that. That's April 6th, April 6th April weekend, 6th, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the Yankees are going down to Baltimore, so April 6th, I know a few people, JJ and Frank, I believe, are going to be there, so yeah. that duo Co- is going to be Colleen's back going as well, Colleen's, Colleen's going, be and a lot, yep. of the, a lot of the people from the uh, Baltimore DC chapter who have also set an event, I don't remember if I said that or not, but they're, they're going as well, we have that, that chapter getting... Uh, uh, fully going and then obviously the Tampa chapter is is up and running as well so I, I'm excited like there's a lot of really excited people that are uh, taking some initiative doing all this stuff it's really cool I know the Denver chapter also is um, they're already talking about an event and just I think they're just looking for a good place and a good day but yeah you know it's all it's it's all coming together it's all falling into place and now all these Yankees groups these Yankee fan groups these BP crew chapters are forming all over the country so uh, definitely get on board and and join one near you or if you're looking to start one uh, just get in touch with us. And if you live in the New York City area, anywhere close to the city, we're trying to do a watch party for the London Games. The Saturday afternoon London game in June is going to. We're trying to find a location in in the city for a watch party. Tweet me or email us. Uh, Colleen and I are trying to put that together. So let us know if you want to come because I think that's going to be a really good opportunity for. Um, Everyone who, you know, because New York City, you don't necessarily need a chapter when it's just a couple subway rides up to the Bronx. But when they're playing across the pond, a watch party, I think, is the, the perfect kind of thing for, for that series. 
Yeah, I mean, and we already have like the beautiful thing about the 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 BP crew is that that it started in New York. I mean, like that's that's where we that's where we live. So we have five events for everybody to come. We have a section in in two hundred five in Yankee Stadium that essentially the Yankees have said here two hundred five fill it with as many people as you can. So that's what we're doing. And the first one coming up April thirteenth is the very first game. Um, next week, uh, this this coming week, and then probably the following Wednesday will probably be the last day that we're going to accept tickets and uh, I'm sorry, that we're going to sell tickets so that you can get a t-shirt for the day of the event as well. So um, make sure you go get your crew together and, and get these tickets because they are definitely going fast. We've sold a, a bunch of them already. I don't have the number in front of me. I haven't looked at it in the past couple of days, but I know there's a lot sold. Uh, get your people together. Again, the deal that we're doing is it's basically um, if you're the captain and five or more, boom, you get a, ha- a price a half price for your ticket. If you do 10 or more, you get uh, a, a free ticket. So it's it's really just, it, it's a lot of incentive to do it, to get your friends together and go to a game because you either get 50% off of a game or you get the game for free. And we're doing it for every single one of the games. The only one we're, we're mixing it up for a little bit was the Red Sox game in May. And that's, that's because the tickets are a hell of a lot more expensive and I, we can't afford to do a free ticket. So the 10 will be at half price. And last year for that Red Sox game, we did a Red Sox game in June on a Friday yeah. night and it sold out so fast. Yeah, yeah. We had over 300 people. So that. I'm expecting the two teams to be close in the race again. So that's going to be a sellout very quickly. So do not for wait sure. on those tickets is what I'm saying. That is what you're saying. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned it. Uh, Actual baseball, real baseball, not just grown men throwing balls back and forth in gym shorts, but real baseball happened. It happened in Japan between the Oakland Athletics and the Seattle Mariners at 5 o'clock in the morning East Coast time, 2 o'clock in the morning for those fans on the West Coast of those two teams. So MLB really doing a lot to just put their fans front and center for those two first games of 2019. Yeah, they did. They're fans in Japan. <laughs> that's, that's what they were going for, really. You know, we have a whole lot of games over here, so they were they were putting it front and center for those people. This is this is called expanding the brand. No, this and Japan. I mean, Japan's the be- second best baseball market in the world. And don't you remember the the Yankees and the Rays did this back in two thousand four? Yes. So this makes sense, and I get it. And Ichiro being this being his farewell uh, tour, you know, the couple games that he played, it, it totally makes sense. I just find it just counterproductive to put the first two games of the 2019 season at 5 o'clock in the morning for East Coast, 2 o'clock in the morning, middle of the night for West Coast fans. It would be like the NFL kicking off Tuesday at, at 1.30 in the morning. Like, what are you doing? What, t- what's, what two teams were they again? Yeah, if the A's and the, and the Mariners. So that's why you're the, saying the, you don't the, care? Like, no one's going to care anyway? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exa- So the fact that um, it did get attention because each were retired, so it got attention for that reason. The, the, two pe- the two teams, like, very, very few people outside those markets, and some would argue in those markets, cared that they were playing, and it wasn't, you know, it was whatever. So the... Baseball is still marketing this week and, the, and, and this weekend is opening day, opening weekend. So like that was just kind of gravy. You know what I mean? Like it was whatever. It was just extra. So then yes, why, I know not just the first play, two. why not play just spring training games over there? Why do they have to count? And, and because, now they, they because they want them to count. They want they want the they want they want all the stars to be playing. They want um, they want all these guys to be going over there and taking it seriously. They don't want to put a half ass product in Japan on display. But they would have sold why. out anyway. And Ichiro could have played just this. like the whole reason this this really was so popular. Ichiro in, is because of Ichiro. So if, right. if Ichiro was just taking batting practice over there, they would have sold fifty thousand tickets. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but then he wouldn't have gotten a um, you know a game in under uh, you know for the two thousand nineteen season either. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't really matter all that much. I think it was just it was something to you know obviously expand the brand into Japan. Um, but yeah, the two teams is, is kind of convenient which two teams it was because not that many people cared. I don't really think the brand needs any more expanding in Japan. I think it's fairly large in, in Japan. Uh, I, I mean, I think they they try to expand it as much as they can. I think they're trying to go international with this entire thing. Any uh, any final thoughts on Ichiro? Came over in 2001 and still playing in 2019 after playing like a full decade in Japan. It's kind of amazing. So the my final thoughts on Ichiro is is what it was awesome to see him in a Yankee uniform. Like I thought it was I was very I was shocked the day it happened, um, but I was elated at the same time because you, you know when you see one of those guys who's just an all time great and he will go down as an all time great. Um, 
it's just it's fun it's fun to see him in your uniform obviously with his distinctive batting stance and like the whole kind of the whole kind of like aura around him that there's just kind of a mystique around each row and i think it was really neat to see him and he was a pretty good player by the way so well it's not like, he was it's a not great like his, player for the mariners he was not a good player for the yankees he wasn't terrible. I mean, you see even people at the end of their career, and he wasn't he wasn't like a guy that fell off the planet. Like, so he's still getting base hits. So 2012, he got traded here in the middle of the season, and he got rejuvenated. It was clear. Because right. when he was traded here, he was hitting 261 in Seattle, and he came over here and hit 322, 344, 54 for the Yankees. Right. So he clearly got an extra boost coming to New York in a playoff run. The Yankees made the ALCS in 2012. But then the next two years, he was very subpar. And, and he was a below-average offensive player for those two and a half years for the Yankees. But, but I don't even care because the Yankees stunk in 2013 and 2014 anyway. And like you said, Ichiro's an all-time great player, and it was fun to watch him. When, when Ichiro came over to, to, the, uh, to Major Leagues, to America and played in Japan. It was like, it, it didn't make sense the type of player he was because we were coming off the 90s, like steroid, just monstrous, gigantic humans that hit a ball 500 feet. And there's this little scrappy guy getting hitting the all-time season record for hits, like with just little slap singles to third base and stuff like that. So it just didn't compute in my brain, but it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And the way he does, he's just got like extremely recognizable mannerisms too. Everything about him is just... He's an interesting dude, and I, I tweeted this out, and uh, it, it got it got retweeted a whole bunch of times, and I think a lot of people hadn't seen it yet, which I was I was shocked, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I was able to bring it back. But the Bob Costas interview in 2011, oh, it's an probably one of the one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and and when you see the reaction by Costas and the entire crew, because the entire crew lost their shit. Bob Costas, like the the reaction was instant and just and just you know amazing. Um, but Costas asked asked Ichiro what his favorite American expression was, and to this point, I'd say, and, and judging by all the comments on Instagram and Twitter, a lot of people have never heard Ichiro speak, like period, ever. And I think at, up until this point, a lot of people definitely haven't heard him speak English because he would always speak through a translator. He could speak English, but he wanted to make sure that things were. Um, you know, done a certain way. I mean, he also and, you know, just, didn't didn't want to to, he just didn't want to have to do more interviews. I mean, that's that, probably that what well. it was, which is but fine, also, which is fine. He, he spoke also, to his teammates in English, and that's really the, the important stuff. He liked to control things. You could tell Ichiro was a, was a guy that liked to control his own narrative and the way that he did things. So, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's part of, like, what he did. So his answer to this, though, was amazing. I mean, and, and not one person on the entire planet could have ever predicted that this would have been Ichiro's favorite expression and i'm gonna read it now okay so his favorite favorite expression is in august in kansas city it's hotter than two rats in a fucking wool sock (laughs) what in god's name like the most the most random possible thing you could ever think up and say is that i I mean like i don't know what more randomness you could put in that this is probably what happened kansas city right is like not not a place i would think of like as one of the hot places either and then two rats in a wool sock and then he throws an f-bomb in the middle of it oh it's beautiful it's just pure gold he probably was in kansas city on a road trip one time and some some old old timer in kansas city who was just spending his retirement years like being the security guard for the visitor's locker room probably said that. Oh, it's too hotter than two rats in a fucking yeah. wool sock out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, just so it, it just adds to his, his um, legend status, I think, and, and his legacy because it's hysterical. And uh, it's just, you know, I think when you take one of those things and you see that it comes out of nowhere and you don't expect it, that's when things are so much better. Oh, yeah. And especially, like you said, when it's a guy who's usually speaking through a translator. Yeah, or you've never heard speak before ever. Because a lot of people, a lot of young baseball fans, have just never heard him speak, and I, I could, I could see that. I want Tanaka to drop an f bomb at some point before he retires as a Yankee. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. I would add to his, um, his, his allure too. So the Yankees pretty much set their opening day roster today with a move, um, and we're going to talk about all that stuff. But before we do, I want to tell you about Robinhood. It is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. 
The app is simple, it's intuitive, uh, and the design makes it easy for investing for newcomers and experts alike. I use the app, uh, view the easy to understand charts, the market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. It's super easy. You can also view stocks as collections and then also um, view them in, in different ways, but you can see like things like 100 most popular, or you can do it by different categories. Within Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the Bronx Pinstripe Show a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at bronx.robinhood.com. So like I said, the roster was set when Tyler Wade was optioned to AAA. The Yankees made a trade this week from Mike Talkman, Tochman. Haven't even figured out how to say his name yet, and it probably doesn't matter because he's not going to be here very long, is what I gather. But the roster is set. That's what we said about Luke Voigt. <laughs> That's that is, what you said about Luke Voigt. It's probably, but but the fact of the matter is, if Aaron Hicks didn't have a little back injury, this trade never would have happened. That's true. So let's quickly, I'm going to run down the uh, roster, um, and I'll just focus on some of the surprises that maybe we didn't expect. So obviously the catcher, two catchers, Sanchez and Romine. Both first basemen made the roster, Voigt and Bird. This was a question all spring training. I think because of the injuries towards the end of spring, that is why both of these guys are on the roster. Glaber Torres, second base. Tulowitzki, shortstop. And Duhar, third base. DJ LeMahieu is going to be the floating utility man. We talked about all of his versatility and where he's going to play in the infield. Outfield has four people. Judge, Stanton, Gardner, and Talkman. And then the starters are Tanaka, Paxton, Happ. Herman and Cece. There's a little wrinkle to the Cece stuff. We'll get to that in a minute. And then eight relief pitchers Chapman, Britton, Green, Holder, Adovino, Canely. He made the roster. Sessa and Tarpley. Interesting. So, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind uh, you were talking about was the two first basemen. That's yep. the first thing I see. And I, I think it became once you saw uh, Hicks go down, there was a possibility. Then we see that. Uh, that was the big thing. Once once Hicks went down, I think that opened up opportunities for for people. I mean, I personally thought it was going to be Tyler Wade, but when they made that trade, obviously that threw things you know into flux. And and now they're getting an outfielder. Why are we doing this? We have a guy that can play the infield um, with Lemayhew at different positions. Uh, they've already said that Glaber is going to move to short when Tulowitzki's not playing there. So now where does Wade play? Is is he is he no longer, you know, something that they're thinking about for this roster and they're, they're just going to keep a bat on there. And that's that's exactly what they did. So they kept uh, Bird and Voigt. And it, they both earned the right to be on the roster. They both hit this spring. So right. this 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 was like I said a couple of weeks ago. It's delaying the inevitable decision. I think there needs to be an inevitable decision with this first base thing. You're not going to carry two guys who can only play first base for the entire season. You agree with that? It, it's it's wasting a roster spot in the sense yes. that in in an area that you need roster spots. I mean, I just unless they're just going to be an absolute platoon and they're going to go righty lefty, if that's going to be a thing, which you know I don't really like. Well, that doesn't make sense either, though, because Voigt I think is going to get the start on opening day, but he's mm-hmm. not only going to play against left-handed pitchers. Well, that's that's the thing. Like I, you know, so here's my uh, impression on this whole thing. I think that this opening day roster is a lot loose, much more loose than it has been in a long time. Because I think there's going to be a lot of changes, and and I think it's because of all these injuries that yep. we've seen um, pop up. Like I don't think this is like the real opening day roster. I mean, it is the real opening day roster, but it's not the one that that would have happened, um, you know, if we have people that are healthy. So I think this is what we have because of the injuries. And you know, I think if they had to make a decision, they were you know, if Hicks was on this team, I think they would have absolutely gone with. Um, you know, one of those guys, because LeMahieu is also another guy that Boone said was going to back up first base, and he has that ability. So then why are you, you know, bringing on two guys when one of them could be down in AAA getting regular at-bats? Right, and the first but, week... But again, not beginning of the season, though, because you got to wait for AAA to start as well. Right, and the first week of the season, I think it makes sense for that reason. And also, with Hicks out for at least the first series, he says he's going to be back for the second series, but who the hell knows with Aaron Hicks? So it might be a little longer... I'm going to read a quote from Tyler Wade about being optioned to AAA. He says, I wouldn't use the word unfair. I'm just disappointed. I did everything I possibly can do to show I belong in the big leagues to help this team. I just know I'm able to play outfield. I've done this for three years now. So if that's the issue, I don't know what the problem is. So he's talking about, I can play the outfield. So if yeah. they bring in, they're bringing in this guy from the Rockies who has a career 153 batting average over 
a scattered like 69 plate appearances in 2017 and 2018, I could do that. I could play the outfield. So what what's going on here with, with this uh, with this last roster spot? Yeah, I don't I don't know why the deal. I mean, obviously it's a depth deal, and and you know this also could be a um, you know one of those moves. I mean, look when they made that Voit trade last year, it was it was an organizational depth move at first base. Like that was the reason for the trade initially. At least that's what we all thought. We all thought that that was going to be. Um, because they had, uh, but at know, that point, Bird Tyler was, Austin was was no longer there. No, I mean, they needed more. They needed more bodies. But think about who was playing first base. Greg Bird could not get on the field, and they had Neil right. Walker. Like that was no. their first base situation. So they, yeah, they they caught lightning in a bottle with with Luke Voigt. I, I, I you want to tell me the analytics department <laughs> at Yankee Stadium knew Luke, Luke Voigt was going to be an absolute beast? They I could, mean, they do have they have the biggest analytics department. In oh, baseball. believe me, I'm Did aware. You know I'm aware that big swinging dick analytics department at Yankee Stadium. I'm aware of it after reading all that stuff about inside the Yankees empire. What I'm telling you is they got lucky with Luke Voigt. Okay. So, um maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but the one of the reasons they had to they needed more first baseman in the organization. Like, it, it just had to happen as well. And yes, there was a, a an a opportunity obviously for someone to play. So he did and he took advantage of it and it and it worked out really well. Who's to say that this guy Talkman can't do the same thing? Maybe he can. But it's not going to be as a regular player he's going to be he's going to be used as a uh, you know a defensive guy probably maybe a platoon here and there for a, a day off but again like you said i don't think it's going to be for that long like it's going to no. be more of a, a an organizational thing where he's going to go in triple a and probably get a lot of a lot more at bats and then they can uh, you know have him as a fallback so I, you know i think eventually we're going to see tyler wade back up at some point but if not he's a trade piece like i don't know why he's here other than a trade piece if that's the case probably and and Talkman can play all three outfield spots. He he is a left-handed bat. If you care, I don't think he's going to get. Many, I don't care many you plate just, appearances. You just, yeah. But here's the thing: he can play all all three outfield spots. So if if in their mind they're saying, "Listen, we we just want somebody who can play defense for the first week of the season until Aaron Hicks is back, and then we're because once Aaron Hicks is back, I believe Talkman's going down to the minors. So then we're not going to do that to Tyler Wade. We're going to stick him in the minors. He's going to continue to get regular playing time. Maybe we'll need him at some point this season. Or like you said, maybe a team will take a chance on him because he did have a really good spring. And he's been a really good minor league player for his career. He just hasn't been able to put it, get, put it together at the majors. But if you're a team acquiring Tyler Wade, you're saying, I'm going to give him regular at-bats. Maybe he can show me what he did in the minors in the majors. So the, the other thing about this, this move is that it feels like very Shane Robinson-esque, honestly. Because at that point, I'm looking at other guys that could come up and, and play the outfield that are in the minor leagues that I'd way rather see than this this other kid. And now we make a trade for for this guy um, with a with a kid. Like I don't know why they're not sold on why on Tyler Wade playing any outfield spot. The kid is probably the best athlete, if not one of the best athletes in the organization. I have zero zero uh, you know I have zero doubt that he could play uh, any position at a high level. Like I think he could play any position besides catcher and pitcher at a high level. <laughs> I really do. And and when I see a guy like that, you know, I, I want him on my team. And not only can he do that, but he can run the bases well. He, you know, had a good spring with the bat. Maybe he's turned a corner. Who knows? Uh, but now you're getting kind of a, an unknown and a guy that's not proven himself on the major leagues and has actually been unsuccessful in the major leagues. And we're throwing him in there because he can play defense. So that's obviously saying that they didn't believe in Tyler Wade's glove. And that's crazy. <laughs> Shane Robinson had a 17 OPS plus in 2018. 17 is one of the worst numbers I've ever seen until I looked at Mike Talkman's page and he has a minus 16 OPS plus in 2018. I didn't even know there was minus OPS pluses out there. So, so my comparison is not that far off. It's not that far off. <laughs> it's just a feeling. It's just when I see that, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like we had to go get a guy that doesn't excite anybody at all that has zero potential. No. And we have Tyler Wade right, right there that, that could absolutely contribute, um, you know, gels with all of these guys, knows them all very well, fits in very well. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't like it. It doesn't, it feels like a, it feels like a, they're missing the pulse. Especially because they had to give up somebody to get them. They give up yeah. uh, Philip Deal. And uh, there was actually a story that was going around that he was surprised. He thought the trade was a prank because he cut CC in line uh, for the barber chair. And he was like, am I being pranked right now? And, and Aaron Boone's like, no, you're actually heading to Colorado. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Boone had talked highly of him this spring. He had a 450 ERA in spring training and I believe 10 innings pitched. But he's a 24-year-old left-handed pitcher who pitched in high A Tampa in 2018. 
Yeah, I mean, they didn't give up much. It wasn't a guy that was going to make an impact on this team uh, anytime soon, if at all. So, but if, it, but like you said, if Tyler Wade could do the same thing as Talkman, why give up anything? Right. Well, I mean, the, again, like my point with organizational depth in the outfield—that's that's a possibility. There's a guy that could play all three positions well. Um, is something that they could use. So I, I see that it's just the opening day thing that's is where I'm a little perplexed. I would rather Tyler Wade be on the team. So I mentioned that uh, Sabathia will be on the opening day roster, but there's a wrinkle. So he has that five-game suspension for what happened in Tampa at the end of last year. He needs to be on the active roster to begin um, serving that suspension. But we know he's not ready to pitch. He's going to be on the injured list, so he's going to serve that five-game suspension. Then he's going to go on the injured list. And at that point, Jonathan Loisica is going to be called up, and he's going to be in Sabathia's starting place on the roster. Uh, Herman is also going to be the fourth starter while Severino is out. And Luis Sessa, who had a really good spring as well, is on the team, but he's in the bullpen. They're going to use him possibly as a starter, possibly as a reliever, possibly as an opener. Who knows? But Sessa, Herman, and Loisica essentially all made the team. I'm really happy that Sessa finished the spring well, too. I mean, I think he, he really put together an just an entirely good spring. And and I think, you know, I, you know, a lot of people don't look at the numbers. We don't look at the numbers. But you can what you could do is you can gain a lot of confidence. You can look at a guy that that performed well throughout the entire, you know, the entire time and and has uh, you know, that's that's a big deal for a guy that's, you know, relatively close to to taking that next step. I mean, this is a guy that's had success in AAA that's come up had, you know, variable success in the major leagues and you just you that sometimes that that next piece that confidence piece can be the the exact thing that that is needed for him to to get over the hump. And and you know, maybe it's a a Chad Green situation in the sense where, you know, they're not going to put him in the uh, rotation as a starter because obviously that's not happening right now. Um and they'll put him in the bullpen to put him in, you know, different uh, different positions. And with that newfound confidence, you know, maybe he could find something in the bullpen and become uh, another big piece. Because the Yankees have a history of turning guys who, you know, were not successful starters into very successful bullpen pieces. Right. But do you think if, the, if everyone is fully healthy on this roster, they want to be carrying eight relievers? Or would they rather be carrying seven? Well, I, you know, I think it's between it would, you know, whether Tarpley would make the team or uh, a guy like Sessa. And because Sessa doesn't have any options, you're looking at that. So. I think it would. Uh, Let's say Batances, Batances as well. Batances is, would be there, so right. it would be Chapman, Batances, Britton, Green, Holder, Adovino, and then we're looking at Canely, Sessa, Tarpley. I mean, I think two of those guys probably aren't there if the entire roster is healthy. I'm talking about if Severino's healthy, if Aaron Hicks is healthy, if all these guys are healthy. Uh, maybe, maybe that maybe that's the case. Uh, Canely was, uh, I think, a surprise as well. You know, not maybe not a total surprise because we've seen what he can do and. Uh, you know, another guy who seems <laughs> seemingly is over the hump with the uh, with the the amount of Red Bulls that he's drinking, um, the um, the fact that he's telling people now how he feels. That's that's these are all good things, and and that he's uh, you know he's at least got some some reasons why he's he was not good in in 2018. So, um, but yeah, I, you know the fact that Sessa's on this roster right now, I think does say a lot because. They don't want to put him down. If they did, he would be gone, obviously. He, he, no more options. You'd be releasing the player. So, Are you worried at all about Batances on the, uh, on the injured list? <laughs> Keep wanting to say DL. On the injured list. Impin- just say whatever you think, man. Just say, just say whatever feels good in the moment. Impingement you know? in his right shoulder. He has had decreased velocity all spring. We said we're not worried yet last week, and then boom, a couple days later, he goes on the, on the list. I'm just going to well, call it the list from now on. The reason we weren't worried is because he was talking about the fact that he felt fine and this is just what he's been doing. And we know that that's happened every year right. because it has happened every year. He has had an, uh, you know, a longer time of ramping up to the velocity that we normally see him. And because of that, because he has ramped up more slowly than, than other players, you're not, you're not as worried. Even on the same days, like time frames, we're pretty much checking boxes here. But yeah, then he came up and said, "I have an impingement in my shoulder." So yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a flag, man, and it's a, and it's a worry. Anytime you're talking about that shoulder and and there's an issue with like a big guy like that too, um, that's a big deal. So yeah, I, I'm worried about it because he's been one of our most consistent 
guys, you know, if you look since he's been up in, in the bullpen. One of the most durable guys, too. And then last year was the first year he kind of changed his delivery to be a towards little, the end of the year, yeah. To be a little bit shorter to the plate. I wonder if that had any effect on his shoulder this offseason. Maybe he didn't recover as quickly. Maybe it's just a different sort of throwing motion is what's caused this. Who the hell knows? Yeah, or it's the the new baby and not sleeping as much and maybe not you know ramping up as much because you're expecting a baby too. I think the personal life in this instance does play out. Maybe I'm just totally uh, you know biased on this side because I just had a kid and I and I and I get it. Um, but you know I do see that side. Once that happens, it's a very big change in your life. So you know maybe there were uh, you know it was a slower ramp up to, on the on the conditioning side of it too, and he just tried to push it too hard. Um, and was getting frustrated because the velocity wasn't there and everybody started making a big deal out of it. And who knows? Uh, I hope it's just that and, and that it's just a weird thing that he just needs a little rest and can come back. But when you do that too, when you overextend yourself and when you're not ready, that's also when you can get injured. So we've got opening day this week, opening weekend in the Bronx this weekend. And if you guys want to go to the games, maybe you're going to use SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Both Scott and I have this app on our phone. We've used it 100 times for different tickets. I've used it for theater. Scott's used it for Jets tickets. I know he thinks the Jets are going to be good this year, so maybe you use SeatGeek again. I don't ever think the Jets are going to be good. It's just if it happens, it happens. Yeah, whatever. But SeatGeek is the way to go. It's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching millions, uh, excuse me, by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats in your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on, on SeatGeek with confidence. Scott, tell people what to do to get some money off some tickets. Yeah, and I actually do have it on my phone. It is the easiest. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I actually use the CD Geek for Jets tickets, like you said, but I've also used it for Springsteen tickets and for Yankees tickets. So best of all, the Yankees uh, fans can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter co- promo code BRONX today. That's promo code BRONX for $10 off your very first SeatGeek purchase. We have not mentioned Gio Gonzalez yet, and that was a signing that happened after we last recorded. The guys at George's Box sort of talked about it a little bit, so maybe you've already heard some people's thoughts on this, but we have not talked about it. Um, minor league contract worth $3 million if he makes the majors, and he has an opt-out in there on April 20th. And it can be a max deal of $12 million because there's a $300,000 incentive per start which was a little wrinkle that we saw like 12 hours after the Gio Gonzalez signing news. Yeah, this is a, so I, I made a comparison to what we did last year when we're looking at, again, the, the first base spot. Um, but Adam Lind, when he signed with the Yankees, he also had one of these, it was a minor league deal with incentives and there were some opt-out dates. Adam Lind never saw the major league roster. He never got paid the, the millions of dollars that he was uh, going to make if he made the major league roster. He actually had two opt-out dates and, they, and then they re-signed him again, I think, um, after they signed, they signed Neil Walker, cut him. Then when Neil Walker wasn't hitting in the beginning of the season, they brought him back on a minor league deal and then I, they cut him again. So um, these, these deals are structured in a way that it adds an, a level of insurance to your team and your roster and the way that you can you know, approach the beginning of the season. And I, I see this as very much a, a fail-safe insurance blanket. I, am, I think if people come back healthy, we're not going to see Gio Gonzalez in a major league uniform. And he will not make that date. They will, um, you know, release him at that point, and then he'll have other options uh, to look at. So I don't think right now we're we're looking at that money and saying, okay, we, they're paying this much for Gio Gonzalez, and then like you said, the three hundred thousand dollars per start. Like to me, I'm not even thinking about that yet, or even looking at that as as any implication towards what we're paying and our salary and the tax code and the tax brackets and all that stuff. Because I'm just not convinced it's going to be there. CC looks sounds like he's back, uh, going to be back very soon. Um, yeah, and, and then CC, the CC does not factor into this. Severino. No, I understand that. I understand that. But then also Severino, who has been throwing, uh, also says he feels good. So we'll have to see how Severino ramps up and, and if the, the shoulder is a non-issue. And my God, all of us are, are crossing our fingers because if we do see Gio Gonzalez, that means something bad. <laughs> that happened. means something has gone wrong. So exactly. I was going to say Gio Gonzalez will be on this team for one of two reasons. Severino has a setback or another one of the starters, whether it be Hap. 
Paxton or Tanaka go down with an injury, then we will see Gio Gonzalez on the roster. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, you said that CC doesn't factor into this. I think he does factor in. I see. I think they're comfortable with Herman or Sessa or Loisica taking the fifth starter job. But if it's one of the top four starters, which they're going to be relying upon a lot this season, I think they're going to want to do something. Gio Gonzalez was a. He was a exactly league average pitcher last year. He had a 100 ERA plus, but he finished the season very strong when he got traded to Milwaukee in right. September. He was very good for Milwaukee in September. So yeah. he's a veteran pitcher who's had a lot of success in his career. Yes, granted, it's been in the National League, but I think they would be okay if they need to pay him like the $3 million plus a few for 10 starts or whatever it is. I think they'd be okay paying that, and it would put them up against that next tax bracket. But at this point, what are we trying to do here? We trying to win a World Series, or we trying to be under the luxury tax again? Right. Well, I mean, if they're not paying that, if they're not going to, the three million dollars would put them very, very much up against it. And then the next uh, bracket, they're already over it. Right. But it would be the next, um, the next right. percentage, the next penalty. So, uh, so they're going to get a full month, almost a full month of of what we're going to look at with uh, with Herman. Uh, uh, Sessa, I'm sure, will get some action, whether he gets a start or out of the pen. We're going to see Loisiga. So these guys are going to have essentially an audition, right, for for a spot, whether it's if CC were to come back on time or if uh, or if CC were to go down at some point or another guy were to go down. It's essentially an audition for that. Um, so I think there's still a lot of implications on and what happens in this first month and, and how Gio uh, is is treated and how that whole situation is treated. Because, yeah, if, if CC were to go down, do you want – Sessa, Herman, um, Loisic as your fifth starter, or do you still want those guys as your insurance as a sixth starter? Because I could see that, and then you have Geo there, um, you know, pitching as your, as your fifth guy. To me, that's the safer option at that point, and not counting on one of the guys that you have in your minor leagues with options that would be uh, more of a blanket for the entire season. So you bring in the guy that you're relatively, you know, it's it's a relatively controlled, a good a good contract for your fifth starter, and and now you still have fallback options. To me, that's the move. So I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Cashman and Steinbrenner, knowing that that $226 million is something they're willing to go over, but do they want to go over it with Gio Gonzalez or do they want to potentially go over it with a midseason acquisition? So if Sabathia goes down, I might be okay with Herman taking his place as the fifth starter or Loisica or Luis Sessa, depending on how any one of those three guys looks in April. But like I said, if the other guys go down, then you're talking about okay, Herman is also in the rotation, but now I got to go to the next guy too. And then in that case, Gio Gonzalez looks a hell of a lot better. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I guess. But the thing is, is if you're going to go over for Gio Gonzalez at that point, you then you have no problem going over for a better guy at the at the. Once you're over, line. you're over. Yeah, exactly. So you could still upgrade. It's not like you can't upgrade, but it would be it would be more of an insurance policy and and potentially catching lightning a bottle if you know if Gonzalez were to come out and, and throw like he did when he was in Milwaukee. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of different circumstances, uh, and and we'll see as we get closer to April 20th and what the whole landscape looks like. But I, I see options for both sides. You know, obviously he's got to pitch well. That's one, um, but. He's, he's got to, uh, I think there's situations that have to play out for him to even be considered. So Gonzalez uh, said that the minor league deal the Yankees offered was pretty much the only offer he received. Right. Uh, MLB trade rumors originally projected two years at $24 million for Gonzalez. So $12 million AAV, which in theory he could make this season. He won't. Um, but what he ended up signing was a minor league deal with an opt-out on April 20th for $3 million. So just the difference in original projections and actual for a lot of these players is pretty amazing. Yeah, and Dallas Keuchel still hanging out, sitting around, doing nothing. Well, well obviously let, he's not doing nothing because Gio Gonzalez did uh, say, we you. talked about this yeah. the last episode, Gio Gonzalez was throwing sim games, was getting ready. 80 so to 90 he, pitches he was already throwing. Yep, exactly. So that was one of the things that I talked about. Like these guys, they better not be sitting on their ass. They better be ready to go at this point. And, you know, obviously Gio Gonzalez is who, by the way, is like the stunt double younger version of Esteban Loiza. Um, oh, God. But Didn't Loiza just get busted for like 50 for pounds of cocaine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no intent to distribute with Gonzalez yet. So, um, but there's, you know, there's Interesting a, uh, that he chose April 20th as his opt out. Hmm. Oh, 420. Didn't even think about that. Interesting. You were saying? I don't even remember now. But the uh, the fact is, is Gio Gonzalez is controlled. 
if, if you get that three million bucks right now, the Yankees are in control with another guy who is a major league level caliber starting pitcher. And I like that. I like that he's sitting there in the wings if shit goes bad. Right. And that actually dovetails nicely into our first mailbag question. It comes from Ryan Rorig. He posted in our Facebook group. He says, with the Goldschmidt signing, with Goldschmidt signing an extension with the cards, it seems that this is becoming the new thing, just to give your current players more money. Is free agency dying? Are we just going to see players play with one team more than more than in recent years? Is this good for baseball? Is this good for players? Does this take away the players union complaints in the next CBA. I personally love it. I would love to see more players playing their whole careers on one team. And what he's alluding to is a bevy of extensions of players with their team. So Blake Snell, five years, 50 million with the Rays. Bregman, five years, 100 million with Houston. Goldschmidt, five years, 110 million with St. Louis. And Chris Sale, five for 145 with Boston. And obviously, Mike Trout setting the record for a player, a professional uh, athlete in this country signing a, what it is, it's $426.5 million guaranteed. It's a 10-year extension for $360 million because he's already making $66 million over the next two years. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There are a lot ha- that have been happening. Um, I think the fact that the Yankees uh, are, are also doing it has brought it more to light to all of us. Uh, but these extensions have been happening. I mean, we saw it. And by the way, Verlander also signed two years for like 66 oh, right. million or something I, like that. I did see that, yeah. So, yeah. so he's getting 30, 33, $34 million. Is he the highest paid pitcher now? I think or per is... year, yeah. 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 So that's pretty crazy. That's too, a though. lot of money. That is a lot of money. And and I can't believe it's, it's amazing how Verlander, uh, you know, just absolutely resurrected his career and now is getting absolutely paid. And I was And this guy was taking beer bongs two doors down from me while in college. What the hell? Um, <laughs> it really makes you reevaluate, reevaluate things. Huh? <laughs> Pisses me off. The uh, but but no, it's it's one of those things. Like I, we talked about this a couple years ago, or you know, almost three years ago, when 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 Stanton signed that extension uh, with the Marlins. You know, we talked about this as as, as a p- possible trend going uh, in baseball, and it's really become that. Like we're seeing these guys that you know are signing these extensions. Uh, there's there's more money. That is, um, you know, you get the guaranteed stuff up front, but then you're also getting a more controlled AAV that's that's further down the line. And uh, yeah, we're seeing that more often now. And I think it's just the security blanket for a lot of these players. They don't know what's going to happen in the next CBA. Um, and I think guys just want to get paid and they're seeing opportunities to do that. So they're taking advantage of it. And teams are also taking advantage of it because I think they're getting some really good value on a lot of these contracts. Right. If you're Blake Snell and you're you're it's sort of like what Severino did. He just got bought out for his arbitration years and he's still going to be a free agent. So I I think those kinds of deals, I think the players union loves and I think teams love as well, because then we don't there's no back and forth with all this stuff. It's it's some other deals that, uh, you know, like Chris Sale, five years, 145. Chris Sale, I think everyone agrees his prime is behind him. Now he's going to be one of the highest paid pitchers in baseball when he's going to be declining. But Boston was in a no-win situation with that. They had to re-sign Chris Sale. So at the end of the day, we're saying, well, is free agency dying? Well, Sale didn't hit free agency, but he still got paid. So what, like, what's, the, what's the issue here? Yeah, I mean, no, there's, it's just a different way of doing it. And, and Chris Sale has you know, obviously didn't want to go through that whole thing, got a, a, a nice contract. I mean, he's still younger than a lot of people think. We were t- I was talking about that. Um, on Friday with uh, with Chad Jennings, the, you, when you you think about Chris Sale, you think that he's older than he is just because he's been around for a while and had a lot of success. But he's still, I think, he's under thirty he's years 20, old. He's twenty nine years old. He, he'll, yeah. he'll turn thirty in a couple in a week, actually. Okay, so you look at that and you're like, okay, well, there's there's guys that just got signed for long term contracts and nobody was talking about the decline of them. They're still right there. Um, I think it's just you know a little bit. Uh, more on the forefront, first of all, the way he throws, it looks like his arm is going to snap at any point. The fact that he's a twig and that he's had some arm issues the past couple of years in the second half of the season. I mean, granted, he still won the World Series and pitched well effectively uh, late in the season, but they had to shut him down at certain points. So it's it's just an interesting uh, optics, I think, with, with that one. Um, you're also looking at another guy, uh, Jimenez, with the uh, with the White Sox, who signed a six-year, $43 million deal, right. which, was a, which was another big... Uh, another big thing because now he's got with the club options. Uh, I think he's got um, eight years of control, something like that. So it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and and Bregman's still getting twenty million a year. Bregman, a player of his caliber, should be getting twenty million a year. 
So it's not like he's taking a huge discount. He's just... I think players are probably a little afraid of, of the uncertainty of free agency in the next CBA. So they're going to take so too. they're going to take the hundred million dollars or the hundred or one hundred forty five or even Blake Snell getting fifty million dollars, you know, guaranteed. You're going to take it when you can get it. And I think, yeah. do you think like so? Ryan's questions: Is this good for baseball? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't, I don't think for as a fan, you're looking at it as a fan. People want to see their guys locked up. They're, they're guys that are good. They want to see stay with their team. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. That's, that's what they want. You want to get behind a guy and you want to watch him play for his entire career. Yankee fans love their guys. They love seeing the homegrown guys who come up and they want the Yankees to sign them. I think people were uh, extremely excited when they saw that the Severino got you know, the extension or arbitration years bought out. Um, when they saw Hicks, was, you know, I think over the past couple of years, people have gotten behind Hicks. Not a, not a homegrown guy, but uh, but a guy that they that they saw potential in and now bought up. So now the, there's a, there's more of an investment on the fan side. So I, I do I think it's a good thing that guys stay with teams longer, um, especially for the fans because we can now get behind these guys and now we can know their personalities better. When you have a guy that's changing teams all the time, you know you're changing markets and you're changing fan bases and and you know that's that's not great as a fan. You don't want your guy to to be here for a couple of years and then gone. Yeah, and the next two guys are Didi and Dellen, who there were reports that the Yankees were trying to do deals with. For whatever reason, they couldn't this spring. I think they were probably too far off. And it's weird because both guys are currently injured. Didi's out for half the season, and he's going into his free agent year. So that really puts him in in a bad spot just for him personally. And then Batances, I believe this injury to be minor, but he is injured to start his free agent year. So I kind of was looking at what um, what each of those two players could expect when they do hit free agency, or maybe the Yankees try and lock them up before free agency. There is still time, but um, so I looked at some uh, shortstop contracts. Didi ranks fourth in the majors for shortstop WAR since 2017, and there's two contracts I I looked at: the Gene Segura contract, which was five years, 70 million with Seattle, and the Elvis Andrews contract, which was eight years, 120 million with Texas back in 2015. I believe Didi fits somewhere in the middle of those two players' contracts. Yeah, and, and he's a guy that that the um, organization he, he took over for Derek Jeter and has done a ridiculous job. He t- he did the impossible and and filled the the shoes of a guy that you can't fill the shoes of, but did it at a at a at a high level and and did it with um, you know a lot of class. The the fans got behind it. I mean, there are a lot of times when you have when you follow a, a legend like Derek Jeter, especially in market in, in New York. Um, that it just doesn't go well, and you could really just there's a lot of pressure around that. And Didi has handled it amazingly. So I think there's um, there's a lot of a lot of fanfare. Obviously, he's a, he's one of the fans' favorite uh, players on this team, and I think that the Yankees need to sign him. And and I think you're you're pretty close. I think the Segura contract is um, one that that I'm looking at as as, a, as kind of a bar. Yeah, and and maybe it's five at fourteen or fifteen like Segura got, but then maybe there's an option in there to make it six six years, you know, something like that. And then what about Batances? So I looked at, you know, what are the free agent contracts that were signed this winter? There was a lot of them. Britain got 13 million a year for three years. Could be four years. Familia got 10 million a year for three years. D Rob, we know he got 11 and a half for two years. Yankee signed Adovino for 9 million at three years. I think Robertson was, is probably asking for at least what Familia got, right? Because Familia is not even going to be the Mets closer. And he got, 30 million over three years so if i'm Batances's agent to the yankees i'm saying well we got to get at least this yeah i mean yeah it's, it's bad timing if especially if they were in negotiations and then all of a sudden he gets hurt and then i'm sure talks are just like oh let's just wait and see how everything plays out it seems like uh Batances has just had a rough time dealing with the yankees brass in general and uh it's unfortunate for him like i feel bad for him because of this injury and the way that it played out and the timing. Um, Cause they were obviously at the table with, with multiple players and, and talking extensions and, and contracts and uh, the, the injury I think came at a really bad time for him. Yeah. I think there could have been a, a scenario. I think Cashman's goal probably was to resign Severino or to extend Hicks, Severino, Patances and Didi this, this winter. So that would I have think been the DD one is going to be more complicated just because of the injury and and uh, you know what both camps are looking for. So you think maybe they were trying to buy really low right now? The Yankees. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them at this point. I, it's probably in DD's best interest to come back and see 
you know, and, and to play the, the um, you know, when he gets back and just to prove that he's he's completely healthy and is the same guy. Like, I think it's in his interest to do that. Right. And the Yankees were trying to say, hey, why don't you take this guaranteed money with some uncertainty on your side? And right. he didn't go for it. He, he's betting on himself, which is totally fine. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think as a shortstop, when you're playing at that high level, you're going to be in demand no matter what. So um, as, as long as you're healthy and if you can prove that you're healthy, yeah, I think it's in his best interest to, to, to wait. We'll see if he can get to the table with the uh, the Yankees, maybe at some point during the season, or uh, or he hits free agency. If he hits free agency, all bets are off, though. So let's talk about Mike Trout. You agree with my dad that the Angels are going to regret the Mike Trout contract? He he went on a tweet storm, or excuse me, a text storm, which I then tweeted out um, about the Trout contract, and then he had a little trouble with uh, spell check because he said, "Can you spell Albert Pool P O L L E House?" So he, he struggled with the pool hole stuff. Are we, I think we are we making this a new segment, the Andrew's dad's take of the week because, because I, I tweet out the the screenshots of my dad's text messages. People people love it. The people love it. They do love it. He's got my dad. He fires the takes, ask questions later. So your dad, um, we you've asked him to come on the show in the past, and he's he has said no. Right? He's just he's a little uncomfortable with it, and okay. and I don't want to uh, put him in a spot he's uncomfortable with. He was very close to co-hosting with me the night that Kemp was born because I was <laughs> scrambling for a host. Uh, I believe that was the night JJ filled in for half the episode and Dom filled in the other half of the episode. But I, w- I had could not. I was in flux with locking down either of those guys. I was like, Dad, you might need to get on the phone and record this with me. That's funny. I, first of all, I think that I think we should absolutely have your your dad on the on the uh, on the podcast. I think it would be awesome, and I think his takes are absolutely gold. So yeah, I think this is a this is a new thing, and we should move forward. And uh, you need to give me your dad's phone number after this, so I can text him as well. Put a little pressure on the old man. Yeah, well, I think I think what we need to do is we need to call him up and not tell him it's being recorded, but obviously it's Good being idea. recorded. That's when we're going to get just the raw takes because if we tell him it's going to be recorded, I think he's going to back off a little bit, and no one wants that. I like this. I like this. That's that's ambush him. And we we won't have to tell him. It's beautiful. Yeah, except he's listening to this as we speak, so now he's ready for it. Well, you you have to call him multiple times in a week and then <laughs> you just you record every one of them. You never know when the actual recording is going to be on or off. That's true. So do you agree though? You think the Angels are going to regret this? No, I don't think the Angels are going to regret this. I think that they um are paying him to be their franchise guy forever. <laughs> and Mike Trout's probably the best guy that you could possibly do that to. I mean, literally the most dominant player in the game, and they just locked him up. Uh, we'll see if they can compete. If Shohei Otani can be a guy that they can, uh, you know, hopefully depend on for, for their sake, um, then maybe they can do something. Who knows? But they had an opportunity to do it. Trout said yes. And I think that every single team in the major in Major League Baseball would have done the exact same contract. I saw some analysis. Fangrass put something out that uh, on the current free agent dollar per war um, market, what should Mike Trout actually be paid? And by that formula, the Angels are getting a bargain because he should be paid over a billion dollars for the next ten years. <laughs> that's yeah, and that's why we don't use that that number as a bar for paying guys. I guess no, but he's. He's that Literally good, the most he, he, valuable player. He's yeah. that good every year. He's putting yes. up eight plus war seasons, and he's good at everything. So if there's one player you're going to pay a boatload of money to, it's the best player our planet currently has. As long as the Angels can spend some more money around that, if they have that in their plans, then great. If they can't, then dumb. But I think that organization has always been willing to spend. The problem, their problem is they spend stupidly. They spend 10 years, 200 plus million dollars on Albert Pujols. They spend 100 million dollars plus on Josh Hamilton. That's not smart business. Smart business is signing Mike Trout. No, there's no doubt. If you're going to sign a guy for that long, Mike Trout would be the one guy that I would look at for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's just, let's see them put something around him so that Mike Trout can do anything. Because there's a very good possibility that in this 10 years, uh, Mike Trout doesn't sniff anything close to a World Series. Well, yeah, they've made the playoffs um, once, I believe, or maybe twice in his career. But do you think, are you a little disappointed that we're going to have just Mike Trout sort of in obscurity in Anaheim for the next decade? The best player of our generation is going to spend his entire career in Anaheim? Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see him on the East Coast and to uh, to play 
closer to where he's originally from and the amount of stories. I just, I appreciate the fact that he did this so that we don't have to speculate over it, you know, right. for two years um, as he is approaching free agency. So I think he did all of us a big favor in that sense. <laughs> That's true. The, but the, the, yeah, it's, we're not going to see him as much obviously because he's going to be on the West coast and there's a giant East coast bias, especially for us. Cause we're all Yankee fans and we don't really see what happens out there. And we, 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 when we go out there, it's like, one, it's it's uh it's Yankee Stadium West, which was very apparent last year. Um, but the you know that that's been always a struggle for the Yankees going out on the West Coast. And Mike Trout's been good. So, so uh Bryce Harper signs three hundred and thirty million dollars. It's the largest just total dollars contract out there. A week later, Mike Trout tops him by a hundred million dollars. What do so you, quietly too, what do so you quietly. Think, what do you think Bryce Harper when he saw that headline, what do you think he was saying to himself? Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably screaming at his agent is what he's doing. But <laughs> I mean, there it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy when you look at the two contracts and how one guy was um, you know in free agency and took forever to sign and turned down a ten year three hundred million dollar contract with the team that he was uh, the, that he came up with and then and then signed this other this other deal which was essentially less money for I mean it was more money in the end but you know looking at the uh, the a- actual contract AAV AAV yeah it was it was less so. It was a it was a strange thing that the the final contract that Bryce Harper signed was was odd to me. Um, he wanted so years. I, he wanted years in total I value. I think for whatever reason he said it was because he wanted to sort of just be the guy on the team for the next thirteen years, and that's all he wanted. He wanted to recruit players to his team, and he wanted to know where he was going to be for the rest of his career. Or was it more of like an ego thing with Boris just wanting to sign the biggest contract possible? I think that I think there's a lot of both in there, um, but I don't know. When you're looking at the, when you're looking at what you could have done with the Nationals and that you came up with that team, could have gotten paid more per year with that team, um, and, and you would have literally been the franchise guy forever. Like there's there are other franchise guys in in Philly. Like they've had some good players there <laughs> that that have won. So um, it's. I don't know. It's just a. It's puzzling when I look at it. I mean, obviously he got paid a shit ton of money at the end of the day, so it doesn't really matter. But Mike Trout silently, very quietly, like he does, goes about his business. He's the best player in baseball, you know, quietly goes about his business. Signed a massive deal and squashed what Bryce Harper did more loudly. So I think it's very, uh, very fitting and very, you know, very convenient for both of these both of these guys to sign those type of deals. Yep. We're going to wrap it up there, but um, like we said, we're not done this week. we got a lot more stuff coming out. Tomorrow will be the Blue Jays preview. On Wednesday will be the uh, Baltimore Orioles preview, and then Thursday is opening day. We're going to have an opening day episode. And one thing I want to discuss is uh, the Inside the Yankees Empire, the book that is coming out this week. And there was the interview with Bob Clappish Clappish and Solotarf, who did the uh, interview on Michael K. show. There was the New York Post article, which was a segment from the book about the Giancarlo Stanton trade and the relationship between Cashman and Jeter. I mean, this stuff is fascinating. Mm -hmm. These two guys got really deep into this organization. They said deeper than any outsider has ever gone. And there's a lot of juicy nuggets in here. So, Scott, you and I are going to break all this down, give our reactions on it on the Thursday opening day episode. Anything yes. anything else you want to say on this episode? Any last words? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think we got to fire up the voicemail again for opening day. I, think, I feel like it's very appropriate going into the season. I want to hear what all of you guys think. I want to hear what your expectations are for this, this, uh, this season. I want to hear everything, whether, you know, if you want to make some predictions, go ahead. Let's, let's fire that up. 646-480-0342. I haven't said that in like five months. I was going to say, so I was, I I was, as you were saying that, I was scrambling to try and find the number. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. I got it in my, in my, in, ingrained in my brain. So I want to hear the takes. Give us a, give us a call. Leave, you know, give us a 30 second shot of your best, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, we'll roll those out for opening day. Um, but yeah, I think we're also going to be giving some some bold predictions, some of the things that people like to um, uh, to yell at us about during the season. I'm sure we'll 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 come up with uh, some good stuff as well, and we're going to do that on on Thursday as well. So yeah, because again, everything is huge, pretty, huge, huge week. Everything's pretty much set. Like we thought we weren't going to get a roster decision until midweek, and then we'd break down the roster and possible lineup scenarios on that Thursday episode. But the roster's been set, so. 
It's going to be about bold predictions, baby. All the stuff we're going to be wrong about over the next six months. Or very right. Or very right, in my case. Yes, we were I'm both due. very I'm right due. on all of our predictions last year. 19 0 <laughs> against the Devil Rays, Sonny Gray, Cy Young. A lot of good stuff. Greg Bird, always at my MVP. Anyway. I got another 19 0 prediction. There's, there's my teaser. Can't wait. I think I know who it is. <laughs> we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Check out that episode tomorrow. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.